What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and welcome to episode 1127 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today we're talking to Amanda from Amanda Right Now, W-R-I-T-E, now, by the way. She helps teachers, and she needs to sell more of her stuff. And she's been selling. She's been doing well. But especially during this downturn and with the summer and how just crazy the last year has been with school, we need to focus a little bit more on how we could drive more sales, how we can turn more of her subscribers, her listeners of her show. By the way, she has a great podcast. You could check it out. It is called, let me pull it up for you really quick. It is called The Workshop Teacher Podcast with Amanda right now. You can check that out on your favorite podcast app. Again, that's The Workshop Teacher Podcast. And uh, so let's help her out. If you are listening to this and you wanna make more sales, you wanna understand how to use your assets to better help people, and especially if you have a podcast, how to use your podcast to actually sell more of your stuff, this is the show for you. And to do it without being sleazy either. So hope hope you listen in and listen intently. Here we go. Hey, Amanda, thanks for coming on to Ask Pat 2.0. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Amanda, and what it is that you do, and we'll go from there. Okay. I teach eighth grade English currently. I've been teaching for 13 years, and I've been an entrepreneur for about seven years. I teach teachers how to make their curriculum and their lessons more meaningful and real world. That became very important to me once when I first started teaching. And uh, I have a website, I have a podcast, I have a membership for teachers, specifically middle school teachers. Mm-hmm. What is the name of your website and podcast? Well, my website is amandarightnow.com. So W-R-I-T-E, because I teach how to teach writing. And uh, the podcast is called the Workshop Teacher Podcast. Very cool. I'm first of all, thank you so much for doing that because uh, you know I'm very thankful that my kids go to a school where they work really hard on context with their work and real life situations just to make it more graspable and, and more meaningful, like you said. And I think you're doing such amazing and very important work. So that's great. Are you on Teachers Pay Teachers or what? what what's your platform or what's like the business component of this? Yes. So I started on Teachers Pay Teachers. And then I started branching out from there. And when I discovered people like you, <laughs> and I, um, I started my website and then my membership program last year, actually. Oh, great. I've had up to 135 members at one point. Yeah, last summer was really big for me, just acquiring new members but the numbers are dropping. I had 50 teachers stay with me for a whole year, uh, which was really, really amazing. And I've been meeting with them one-on-one to talk about year two. So I'm excited to expand and and just spread the message of meaningful writing curriculum. That's great. And again, thank you for doing that. Really quick before I dive into sort of where you're at and what we can help you with, I'm just curious, how has the COVID-19 pandemic situation. Uh, I know it's had a massive impact on teaching and teaching style and stuff. How have you been going through this? It's been extremely difficult. 
And it's been just really challenging trying to figure out how to best support my students, mm-hmm. their families, and all of the members in my program and myself. Uh, so I've suffered from some health issues just from all the stress and um, mindfulness and and things like that. And meditating have been really important and valuable, but I really should probably be taking care of myself more. That's a big lesson for all of us listening is, you know, it's almost like in the airplane when they say, you know, you got to put the mask on yourself first before you put it on somebody else. It's so that you're available to help other people and you don't pass out, right? So definitely mental health and physical health, really important. So thank you for, for speaking on that. What can I help you with? Like what's on your mind these days? Well, I have a podcast and I have 40 episodes on the podcast and it was going really well. And I was, I was, uh, but I quit. I stopped podcasting. I think it was, I don't know, November. I was just too overwhelmed to continue and I want to start it back up again. And I want to really focus in on how I can use my podcast to market my membership. And I, I, of all the things I do, I, I mean, I'm everywhere. I'm on YouTube and Instagram and just all over the place, Facebook, Pinterest. Of all the things I do, I receive the most heartfelt um, emails about my podcast. And just people seem so like I'm their friend. Uh, it's just such a personal uh, platform. And I know the power of podcasting and Um, I've been really, really curious about your Amped Up podcasting program, actually. And I think my question kind of maybe is answered in that program. Perhaps. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm more than happy to help you through anything related to to that. And we could talk about the components of that in just a minute to see what areas might make the most sense for you to focus on, whether it's in the course or not. But when it comes to why you quit before, you said it was because you were too overwhelmed. Can you talk a little bit more about how you were feeling when you decided to sort of, you know, put pause on it. We'll not say end it. We'll say, you know, you put a pause on it. What was kind of going through your head? What were the challenges around that time? Well, I teach full-time. I also have a five-year-old daughter and I was also writing curriculum for my members every month. So I created this membership, uh, but I also was creating the product at the same time. And so it just became too much not enough time, too much work, other priorities, those kinds of things. Yes. So tell me how things will be different when we start the podcast again. Well, I'm not creating new curriculum. I'm using the same curriculum that I created last year. Uh, so everything, the product is is made. I mean, of course, it could be revised and improved and added upon. Uh, and I'm also going 0.8 next year, which means I'm not going to be teaching full time. 80% of the time? Or- yeah. So I'm only teaching um, four sections of English rather than five. I'll have more time. (laughs) Okay, well, that's good. I I wanted to make sure that there was some mechanism by which you could change things so that you don't get to the overwhelmed status again. In terms of how you produce your show, and this this takes us into the kinds of things I teach in Amped Up Podcasting. The A in Amped Up Podcasting stands for automation. Like, let's try to automate that process as much as possible. Even if you can't hire anybody else right now to do the work for you, there's still things you can improve and become efficient with where would you say you spend most of your time when it comes to producing your podcast? 
Well, I actually hired my brother. <laughs> so he puts everything together via audacity. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. And just creating the content, it comes really easy to me and uh, recording everything. I mean, it's, it's probably a 30 minute <laughs> process. It's just a matter of sitting down and doing it. So it's pretty efficient already. Okay, that's good then. That, that's absolutely good. Um, and then in AMP uh, stands for marketing and the P stands for product. And you, you had mentioned, and we can talk about this now, you know, how might you use your podcast to promote your, your stuff? Um, it's obviously, as you said, a really amazing tool for getting intimate with your audience, right? Like they kind of feel like uh, they are your friend. And I'm not surprised by that because I felt the exact same way. This is why I tripled down on my show in 2010. And I created, you know, four additional podcasts. And now we're in an episode of thousand something and ask Pat, like, I, I, I'm right there with you, Amanda. So I think that's really smart to go back to what was working best for you. And as you know, when you build that relationship first, it's so much easier to have a person understand how you can help them. And it becomes less aggressive of a sale. And it just becomes a natural part of that conversation that you've been having with them this whole time. So I love that. What are some ways that you imagine you might use your podcast to help you with your promotions and your course? And I'll come up with some ideas afterwards. I just want to see what you, uh, if anything, have come up with first. Well, in the past, I've, I actually created episodes based on blog posts. So I, I would look back at all these blog posts I'd written, and then I would just talk through a blog post and that would be an episode. Uh, and so I would tell listeners to go to amandarightnow.com uh, to get, you know, download materials or get more information or watch this video. So, and I have a pop-up on my website. And so I have people opting in. So in the past, that's what I've done. I'm considering doing a challenge and like a Facebook pop-up kind of thing this summer, but I'm not sure how the podcast would relate with that. I don't know. Sure. I mean, there's a challenge is a great idea. A challenge is a great way to get people who perhaps have been sitting on the sidelines or didn't have an excuse to do something to go and do something because they're doing it with a whole bunch of other people. There's like a start date and an end date. And I'd recommend that with the challenge, there should be some very specific outcome that's, um, you know, very achievable feeling to them, right? Like I've done challenges where I try to help people build their email list. And it's specifically a three day, zero to 100 email challenge. It's very, like possible for people to think they could do that versus if I made it, you know, get a 1000 emails in a week, it's like, well, that's a lot. I don't know if I could do that. No, thanks. So make it make it simple, make it easy for people to do. Now, how might the podcast relate to that? Well, you could have the podcast announce ahead of time when this event starts. You can have people register on a landing page to get access to notifications, to materials and whatnot related to this challenge. And then the moment the challenge starts, uh, what happens is you can send these emails out that share the information and help people through the challenge. A pop-up Facebook group is often uh, really good for these live challenges. And the way that the podcast would play a role later would be the link that you mentioned should redirect to a landing page where that challenge is now evergreen, meaning now that it's an email, people can go in and do the challenge on their own. There's just no live component to it. There's no more Facebook pop-up group. So you might have to change or remove those messages out of the email sequences. Or you have a wait list for people to sign up for until the next one. 
And I know a lot of people who run these challenges, you know, every other month because they're so popular and they do them live every month. It does take a little bit of work and coordination. And again, when you have these Facebook groups, it's added, added, uh, you know, support for those people. But what's really cool is they can support each other, but you can make it evergreen. And for the longest time, my challenges have been evergreen. And I've mentioned the challenges before in the past on the podcast. And now when people go there, it's just register now, you'll get your first email immediately. And then in three days, you'll hopefully have this result. And so that's how a a podcast can be used. And of course, the beauty of a challenge is you've gotten people some results. So perhaps it's part of maybe one of the first lessons in your course, or even something that would qualify them to then receive something or get something that would then make them understand, wow, I need to take this to the next level. Now let's get into the course. So the challenge should equal opening up the course afterwards. Um, in, in that sort of sense, it could be it, it could be done in a, a more live fashion where there's an end date to the promotion and maybe a discount or some bonuses that go away. Or it can be done in an evergreen fashion where they just get emails for a certain amount of time afterwards. So that's a great idea, a challenge. I, and, and I think that a summer, especially for this target audience, could make a lot of sense now that uh, I know a lot of teachers are, you know, taking a break finally and um, are often during this time also probably a little bit overwhelmed with, well, we don't even know what 2021 is going to look like. So I want to get something done and, and, and have something significant happen this summer. So I think this is a good opportunity for you for sure. How else might you use the podcast if you have any ideas to promote your course? I love all of these ideas. Um, I um, I don't know. I, I really, I'm not sure. I guess that's why. <laughs> why yeah. I, no, that's, I just wanted to see, uh, to make sure I don't overlap with stuff that you were already doing. Let me just hit, hit the home run with you on the number one thing you could do with your podcast. The beauty of a podcast is it's a great platform for storytelling. And when you pull the story of some of your existing students out and you spotlight them, you interview some of your previous students, and you highlight them. You make them the hero of the story. This is, I don't know if you follow Donald Miller and StoryBrand, but this is exactly what he teaches. And as a podcaster, you have this amazing platform, more powerful than video, in my opinion, to pull out these stories. And they will become a much better sales mechanism for you than any sales page. Because a teacher can listen to a teacher just like them, hear the struggles that they had, the objections that they had to perhaps even getting into the course in the first place, yet they got in and now here's life afterwards. Here's what they got as a result or here are the results of their students now, as you'd probably talk about in your show, because of the things that you learn in this course. And I did this in episode 275 of the Smart Passive Income podcast. I invited three members of my podcasting program, my beginner podcasting course, Power Up Podcasting, to each tell their own story. And it wasn't positioned in a way where I was like, hey, tell me why my course is awesome. You don't want it to you don't want to come across like that. You essentially just ask them questions like, well, why is this important to you? Or why did you want to start a podcast? And what were some of the struggles you had? What were the big obstacles that you were facing? And then what helped you get through it? And naturally, without even asking your name, your program will come up. It'll just come up. And it'll come up very naturally. And I selected three different types of avatars or or, or types of audience members, right? I, I and, 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 and not necessarily gender or age but more objection differences. For example, I had a person come on to talk about how they struggled with technology and her name was Dr. B and she was she's over 60 years old yet she was able to start a podcast. So now somebody else who goes, "Oh, I I I don't I technology scares me." Oh, but she was able to do it. Oh, I guess I could do it too. Um and then another person who used 
the podcast to take an offline business online, and then another person who grew their business and scaled it with the podcast uh, who didn't start from scratch. So now I kind of covered a lot of bases, and I'm guaranteeing you have students of your course who you probably know the names of who might be great to invite on the show. How does that idea sit with you? That's actually one of the questions that I was thinking about asking you because I felt like I only had one question, so I better make it a good one. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I do right now. My podcast is just solo. It's just me. And so just, I would love to get people on to talk about their stories. But what I was thinking originally was talk like troubleshooting kind of coaching, like what you do, yeah. uh, but getting people to actually sign up for that is I feel like a challenge like it's kind of nerve-wracking racking coming on saying well these were my hang-ups help me you know what I mean yeah I mean true uh, but I mean you're here doing the same thing why why are you here you're Pat Flynn I'm just Amanda Warner <laughs> you're Amanda and and you're teaching this stuff and you are an authority like you are and I, and you have to own that a little bit and I think that if you position it as so here's what might be going through your head. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but you maybe you perhaps feel a little bad or guilty, quote unquote, using their story to help sell more courses, right? Like it's like it kind of feels like it's only for you, right? And I don't know if that's actually the case, but that's a common sort of objection to this strategy. And the way that I reframe that for myself and to try and help others is number one, if a student of yours, I mean, how, like your, your students, your eighth grade students, when they do some amazing work, how much do they love to be recognized for that work? Mm, well, they are 13. So they're kind of, oh, <laughs> sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It depends on the, but yeah. Probably because they don't want to be seen as the nerd in front of their yeah. friends. Maybe for that reason, they don't do it. But internally, you know that they want to know that they're doing things right. They want to know that they are um, internalizing what it is you're teaching and they want to get a good grade, right? And they want to be recognized by the teacher for that. So perhaps these teachers aren't going to have the same sort of anxiety or angst about that. But from my experience, at least in adults, we love to know when we have done things right and we can offer and help others do the same thing too. And I think teachers, most teachers I know want to help other teachers succeed too. So this would be a platform for them to talk about their experience and the kinds of ways that they maybe uniquely used your content to structure something of their own to help others too. Um, it also becomes a, a recognition platform. You're offering them a place to sort of look good in front of other people. Um, and it's, it's a great way to recognize your students. So, uh, and, and then the other thing in terms of just like offering help, like I'm going to offer you help for free just in exchange for allowing us to share this with everybody else who might also have the same question. And um, more often than not, you're going get to a, get a yes. The truth is, you don't know if people are going to say yes or no. But we're already assuming that they might say no or might be scared. But you don't know unless you try. So this could be a really uh, amazing thing. You could almost structure it as uh, even like an award program, if you will, like a recognition program within your course. Hey, you know, I'm going to be awarding every month the teacher of the month here for somebody who's put in the good work. And I want to invite you on the podcast to talk about the unique ways that you've used this content. And we're going to be sharing this with other teachers who are in the course and who are not in the course. And whether that inspires to them to come in and, and take the course too or not, it's still going to be helpful. And I just want to recognize you for the hard work. I think most teachers, as far as I know, also want that recognition. In fact, they deserve it more than anybody, in my opinion. And you have the ability with your podcast platform to offer something like that too. 
I love, I love that. Just, yeah, that's brilliant for sure. And I have raving, I did read super fans. And so I definitely have these 50 teachers who have stuck with me for a whole year. They have stories and I've, I have testimonials from them. So I definitely see myself doing this for sure. Yeah. I I, I think it's going to be a lot easier than you think. And again, the story from your student will sell more courses more than you can sell those courses yourself because it's not you selling them anymore. Just like those who who also need this help. And I guarantee you, if you were to just ask via email or on your social platforms, like, hey, students, and you want to share your story on the podcast, I, I'm going to be opening up a few spots for you. Let me know or just say yes down below if you're interested. And I guarantee you, you're going to get people go, yes, me, I'd love to share. And it's just going to blow you away. So that's kind of where I would start. That's awesome. So would you use Squad? I mean, obviously you use Squadcast. Full disclosure, I'm an advisor for this company as well, but they capture the best audio. And even though you and I are seeing each other right now, currently they don't have video recording enabled and that's okay. I think this is just a fun way to sort of interact with each other and make this a more real conversation. But anyway, you could use Zoom, you could use Skype, you can just make it easy. And in fact, if it's finding to be a little bit difficult to schedule a call, which can sometimes happen with interviews, it is something that you can actually do through a tool called SpeakPipe. I don't know if you've heard of SpeakPipe before, but um, this is how I used to collect voicemails in the old version of AskPat, where I'd send you a link and you would press record on your computer or your phone and you would just record a question. You could use that same tool. And then as a creator or the owner of that account, I essentially get your voicemail as an MP3 file that I can just drop in or your brother can just drop into the show. So it's better if it's a real conversation because there's real interaction. But if you only have the ability to send a link to then collect the story at uh, more in a more convenient time for them, then then that can work too. I think just they're still going to hear their own voice and be proud of that. And other people are going to hear that too. I like the real conversation though, because then you can actually guide some of the questions and guide a little bit of the sort of inspiration and motivation to have other people sign up too. A great question to ask, by the way, would be, you know, after the course has been mentioned and you talk about it, you can probably just ask like, if you were to, uh, if, if you were to know somebody listening to this was kind of on the fence and they weren't quite sure, like what would you tell them to, to help them understand that there is indeed value here? Or how would you share this program with your friend? You don't want to lead with that, but that that's often a very good question to get to the meat of why a person really would want to take this as opposed to just like, you know, Amanda's great. She taught me everything I know now. And it's just like kind of a generic uh, testimonial, which we see those when we ask for testimonials in email form. So I think that'll be a great opportunity as well. That that by far, in my, in my opinion, would be the number one way. Plus, to offer lead magnets like you are already doing to build your email list through your podcast, like I would definitely lean into that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to promote in every episode that can sometimes come across a little too needy or aggressive. So you can have these things that you offer for free, more of a giving versus a taking approach. And then, of course, through the emails, you can follow up and you know hopefully guide people to the next challenge or direct sale or older podcast episode that you featured a, a, one of your heroes on. Yeah, those would be the big ones, you know, as opposed to some common ways that people promote their own courses are, you know, they finish a course and they go, hey, this this episode was brought to you by my own course. It's called this. And, you know, you can get it at this price here. And it feels more like an ad versus a more sort of organic part of that conversation. So yeah, I hope that I hope that helps. It does. So I, I have I do have a course and I have a membership. Membership, yeah, right. So, would you recommend me more promoting the course or, and that I always am like, well, which because members get the course. 
that's going to be up to you. Sorry, I was just using course as a more general statement of product, um, yeah, but it could okay. be the membership. Um, and there's also opportunities for people during these promotions to get, and I don't know if you have this built-in mechanism, but they could get maybe seven days for free or the first month for $1. Like a lot of people who have memberships have experimented with those kinds of offerings as sort of a bonus, um, especially after a challenge or some sort of promotional period within an email. And that could work too. But either one would work, whatever I feel that you feel would be most valuable and makes sense. The only issue would be, well, if a person were presented with both, hopefully it's clear enough for them to understand which one makes the most sense. And that messaging and positioning is going to be really key if people are indeed able to see sort of both in one spot. Because you don't want to have people go, well, it could be this one or it could be like, if you have people start wondering which one's better, then you haven't done your job of positioning those things clear enough for people. You want people to go, that's the one I'm ne I need, right? Like, oh, I need the membership because I want the community and I want access to Amina and I, I, I want to have this be, you know, an ongoing, you know, investment into my future as a teacher or I just, you know, I don't do online courses. So the membership is the obvious one for me. So yeah, anyway, a lot at you. I know it might be sort of like drinking from the fire hose here, but obviously this is recorded so you can listen to it later. And hopefully this is helpful for everybody else listening too. Might you have any final additional concerns or questions here? When are you opening Amped Up <laughs> podcasting? And you have a membership or is it just the course? You are coming out with a membership very soon. It's going to be called SPI Pro. More on that later, but but yes, indeed. I'm, I'm going to be following in your footsteps and having a membership for SPI members. And Amped Up is... We actually just wrapped up a promotion for it. However, since you're here on the show, if you wanted to reach out and it is indeed something that you want to get access to, just reach out to help at teamspi.com and we can we can we can we can talk for sure. But it seems like you would be at that level. I think the biggest thing is keep the current podcast feed that you have. You just start a new batch of episodes. Maybe you launch with two. That way there's sort of two big high value ones on one day and people can get, you just make a big deal out of it again. And you relaunch, you don't have to create a new show. There's going to be old subscribers who come back. Some of them are going to leave and it's just going to be a nice new start for you. And um, with this now in mind, all these things we've talked about today, I think it'll be a home run for you and uh, getting more people into your program. Thank you so much, Pat. This, this has been incredibly helpful and I just appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. Definitely happy that you're here. Thank you so much for being uh, a fan and somebody who supports SPI. We're here for you as well. One more time, where can people go to get access to all your great stuff? AmandaRightNow.com is, is the main hub. And then my podcast is the Workshop Teacher Podcast. And that's right now, W-R-I-G-H-T, now.com. R-I-T-E. R-I-T-E. Just okay. writing. I'm a writing teacher, so. Gotcha. Sorry about that. Your last name starts with a W, so I thought it was like a play on right, but that right isn't even your last name. <laughs> so Amanda Wright, W-R-I-T-E, now.com. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. And check out the show and we'll have all the links in the show notes and whatnot. But Amanda, thank you so much. Uh, can't wait to follow up with you later to see how all this goes and uh, just keep up the good work. Awesome, you too. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Amanda. You can, again, find her at amandarightnow.com. That's W-R-I-T-E, amandarightnow.com, and also the Workshop Teacher Podcast. And hopefully these tips and strategies and tactics were helpful and inspiring to you. And a lot of these things that we talked about in this episode today, my students have used as well to great success. So this stuff is proven. This stuff will work, but you have to take the action, right? Of course, that's what it's going to be about. You can't just sit here and listen to podcasts all day. If this is like your fifth podcast of the day that you've listened to, 
stop, do. <laughs> okay? Stop, do. Do things. Do things. Okay? First thing you can do is just, you know, make sure you know what to do next, right? Prioritize. But number two, make sure you hit subscribe if you, ha- if you haven't done so already. The next episode's coming next week. And then, of course, take action. That's what I want you to do. Thank you so much, Team Flynn. I appreciate you, and you are amazing. If you want to get coached here on the show, just like Amanda did, you could potentially get selected by going to askpat.com and hitting that application button there on the page and filling out that form, and hopefully we can connect. Hope to see you there. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.